Yo, 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 what's happening? Welcome to the Goodman Factory podcast. It's your boy Daps present today with Manny and Ade. What's happening, crew? How we doing? What's good? What's good? What's good? Yeah, I'm good. Lit, lit, lit. All right. Not to delay too much, we're going to get straight into it in terms of uh, the topic for today. Um, the overarching topic today is diet and health. Um, what that essentially means for us as individuals in terms of how how do we manage our diets? How do we treat our health overall? Um, topics amongst men that probably you wouldn't normally have in terms of things like checkups, so on and so forth. Um, and obviously just to kind of have a general discourse just about our own views on health and diet, what they mean to us, you know, have there been any changes perhaps over age and how different factors come into play. Um, for, I think, for this particular topic as well, um, it's also going to be important to talk about certain stigmas that may be attached to aspects of diet and health amongst men as well. Because, um, you know, it's always good to be able to challenge the stereotypes and actually bring about critical thought. And critical thought is what the Good Man Factory audio experience is all about. You know me? Right, that's right. So we out here. All right. So my esteemed co-host, who, who's, who's going first? Let's, let's, let's get cracking. I don't, I don't mind starting off first. All right. So, um, don't be a bush boy. Introduce yourself. I knew you were about to talk without <laughs> fully going into it. I can yeah, see. It. So my name is Manny. Come on. Um, and yeah, I guess for me, health is is very important. More so uh, now than it has been in the past. Um, I guess I treated health pretty much like everybody else. Something we took for granted. Um, and from the age of about twenty one, twenty two, I started to like experience some really uh difficult times in regards to my health okay so for context how old are you now and how was your journey yeah yeah how how old are you now and how was your journey in terms of your health and that from from a certain point yeah yes. and how has it changed so i'm 30 now um yeah. and when i left university around 21 22 uh i suffered from chronic insomnia for about three to four years okay and, and so that that was like a vicious cycle because what was happening was uh, I would go to work and I wasn't sleeping four or five nights out of the week. Uh, I'd maybe fall asleep an hour before my alarm would go off. So about six o'clock, I'd start nodding off. Seven o'clock, I had to get up. And so I got into this cycle of me drinking a lot of coffee to try and get myself awake for work, drinking a lot of oranges, um, orange juice, taking a lot of acidic fruits. And so what eventually happened um, was I developed a stomach ulcer and I was bleeding internally. Ooh. And the only reason I knew I was bleeding internally is because um, the same year I was actually training to be a teacher mm. and uh, I went to the toilet one day and my, my stools were black. Mm. And your stools being black was an, was an indication that you're bleeding internally. Something's happening on the inside. So, okay. uh, so I had to go to the hospital. Um, they confirmed I had a stomach ulcer. Um, they confirmed that my diet, but also my lifestyle contributed to that. But my lifestyle being that I wasn't actually getting enough sleep. Mm. Um, and so that was something I, I couldn't resolve on my own. Um, and even after three to four years, I struggled. Well, I'm 30 now. I'd say up until the age of about 25, 26, that's when it started to like get better around that age. 25, 26 is when it started to get a bit better. Okay. Um, as in better, as in I would sleep three, four hours a night. Whereas prior to that, I wasn't sleeping at all. So um, one of the things that they said led to the chronic insomnia actually was my diet. And uh, I don't think I necessarily had a terrible diet, 
Um, I didn't drink that much. I went to university with Dami. I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't a big drinker like that. Yeah. Um, used to smoke when I was teenager, you know, mm. like, like weed and stuff. Yeah. Stopped by the time I'd finished university. But there wasn't really anything that stood out to me as to why that would be the case. That's so interesting because usually you would, you would usually hear things about <coughs> how obviously um, people that do tend to smoke weed, they tend to smoke weed to kind of deal with aspects of insomnia because um, weed obviously is generally quite... Um, oppressive in terms of making you want to sleep and it also suppresses the part of your brain that produces dreams so you literally when you're out <laughs> you're out Knocked so out. the fact that um and obviously you said that this was between you ending union you obviously trained to become a teacher mm -hmm. were there any underlying factors in terms of the insomnia or was it just a random did it just happen to you or how how was that it literally just happened it literally just happened um i left university started working in a school and I say within a year of working in that school, um, yeah, I just noticed that I wasn't sleeping. It just it just happened overnight. I think one thing that might have contributed to it was the uh, my sleeping pattern at university, possibly, because you would study in the night and you would study from maybe like nine, ten in the evening till about four or five in the morning. You go to sleep, but I've never been someone that slept for too long. So if I went to sleep at seven in the morning, for instance, mm. I would be up at like twelve. One, okay. I'm not one of those people that can sleep the whole day to catch up on sleep. Mm -hmm. So I, I know I didn't have a good sleeping pattern, but I didn't have insomnia at university. So it was a very random thing for me to just suffer from that chronic insomnia. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I know that there are a lot of um, university students, like myself included to a degree, who have had friends like in university and that, for example, and um, they've literally been, um, because they go to bed, at very antisocial times, they move very nocturnal. I'm sure if any of us have all, or if we've all been to uni, I'm sure we can all have those moments where we're burning the candle at both ends and mm -hmm. we're staying up late and everyone's just looking at each other like, fam, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> and so on and so forth. But I've realised that some people um, struggle to get out of that um, schedule. So sometimes I've got mates who have graduated from uni and so on and so forth and they still struggle to get back into a ideal sleeping pattern per se so the fact that you mentioned that now definitely makes, um makes gives sense. a lot of context yeah, sense, yeah absolutely and so I, I don't know if that was definitely the reason why i had chronic insomnia but it's one of the things i can bring back to which yeah is a, a very bad sleeping pattern at university long story cut short um the chronic insomnia and the episode i had with my stomach pretty much led to me having ibs um so i would have um i would have Days where I might not go to the toilet. Um, I'd have days where my stomach was just in bits. You know, I can't, I can't even explain it. I wasn't sick where I needed to throw up, but my stomach was like mm -hmm. clearly congested, like, you know, something was up with me. Um, and that just had another negative effect on my body. And so I think about three years ago, I made a conscious uh, effort to to change my diet. Um, despite all the things that the doctors had said, said they'd put me on different types of medication for both the insomnia and for the IBS. Mm -hmm. None of it really worked. And if it did work, they would have their side effects. For instance, if I took sleeping tablets, the next day I'd feel like a zombie. It was actually better for me to not sleep. Mm -hmm. to sleep with the sleeping tablets. It was that bad. Yeah. Uh, and so the stuff that was given me for my stomach also had its own side effects. So I made a decision about three years ago, maybe four years ago, I stopped drinking, uh, stopped having dairy, but for, for, for the most part, um, and then three years ago, I made the decision to stop eating meat. Um, and so a lot of people always ask me, like, oh, like, do, you, do you see a massive difference in your life? And I always say to them, 
<clears throat> I think the differences that I feel are like a, a um, there's a number of different things I think that have contributed to that, and I think one is obviously trying to have a, a, a better sleeping pattern and sleeping routine. Um, my diet, so being more conscious about the things that I eat, um, in terms of actually literally having a balanced diet with fruits, making sure I'm having enough water during the day, all of those things, and I think a combination of all of those things have contributed to a better uh, experience for me over the last two or three years. It's not completely rosy and again I can't link it back to anything in particular like people that work with me people that I live with maybe would label me as like healthy because of the things I do and my diet and stuff and I cook for myself for work but I still suffer from episodes and so I just it just led me to believe that maybe some people are more sensitive to stuff um than others because I don't think I eat much worse than other people yeah my diet's very very strict as in, I eat the same. I'm, I'm like very habitual. I have the same thing for breakfast, same thing for lunch, same thing for dinner, every every day, and I might still have an episode, you know, like randomly. Mm. But generally, I'm I'm okay. Mm. Um, so I've been kind of forced to have to take that approach of having a very healthy diet, um, and living a a, a, a healthier lifestyle. So yeah, that's that's kind of like a bit of context. I guess I'll go into some other stuff afterwards. Yeah, and no, I hear that. So essentially, just by you, um making those changes for yourself obviously granted you know you've acknowledged that your body's probably more receptive mm -hmm. to subtle changes that on a normal day may not be mean anything to anyone but for yourself yeah you can feel and see the difference accordingly so that yeah. makes a lot of sense what about you Ade? i'm i'm the opposite like my health has always pretty much been like the only thing i've i've had like accidents so when i was one and a half i fell from a two-story building <laughs> and broke a leg like padding do you wanna do you <laughs> yeah. wanna repeat that very quickly? Yeah, you say you fit how old were you? I was one and a half and it was it was in Niger I was born in Nigeria. So it was in Nigeria. It was on a staircase without without railing on the side. Wow. Child, I loved crawling. Nigerian kids at these times are actually all essentially stuntmen and stunt wow. women, by the way. So um, <laughs> so stuff like that. Um <laughs> my my skull was cracked by a loved one. <laughs> I don't want to say which loved one because wow. They're a wonderful person, really. Mm. <laughs> so, like, little things. I broke my hand the first week of uni. Um, so would you say, is it, was that because of health and diet, or, is, or are you just accident prone? Which would this, you say? this is the thing. I think as I've gotten older, mm. I've realised the breaks were, like, less less force was required for a break. Ah, and I realised as I was okay, getting older, okay. and I was going, I guess, you start to, like, you eat your own junk outside the house. So it's not just Ebba and Ewe do you're eating now. So you're, you are eating that heavily fatty stuff. You are eating a lot of sugar. Yeah. And then are you, like, you're missing breakfast. Most A lot of, like, school kids will miss breakfast. Mm. Yeah. Your, your bones are getting weaker and weaker. Three, four years pass. You don't notice anything. Yeah. And then you go out for a header, you land awkwardly, and you break a bone in your hand. Stop. <laughs> like, and then Stop. it was at uni that I started to look back and realise, like, I really don't get, I get ill once a year. Mm. Um in the winter and it's usually like if there's been a mutation in the cold or in the flu then i'll get ill if not i'm pretty i'm fine pretty good. up until uni and that's when i started to realize okay cool i need to i can't just buy stuff because it looks nice it has to also do something that's nice for me as well but apart from school <laughs> sorry <laughs> apart from apart from that yeah no health health wise for me it's it's i, I want to say fine all of my bad eating habits are a choice and all of them are like temporary. Mm. The only place that I would say like health wise is like going to the doctor and stuff. I don't do that. Mm. <laughs> and I'm, it's something I noticed ever since I've, it's, my health is now 
like my job, like it's my responsibility. Mm. I kind of, I have a, I guess a bit of a stuntman approach in the mm. sense of it's like, okay, cool. This, this kind of hurts now, but let's see if it hurts less tomorrow rather than let's go check this out to see if it's okay. Um, and most of the time it usually, like, I guess I psych myself into thinking I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. So I do less. Um, and also there's the, there is the idea of just like a- admitting your vulnerability. If you go and confront a doctor and they confirm to you that, yeah, actually, yeah, you are a bit less of a man now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, ob- like, obviously they're not going to say that. And there's no illness that can make you less of a man. Hashtag that- toxic masculinity. <laughs> I think is perhaps, perhaps, but I think probably one of like the less damaging or less negative or less socially negative bits of toxic masculinity and it is this idea of like and it does come from that idea of uh, as a man you're supposed to be you're supposed to provide top health yeah on point like, tip top shape i'm the man i do everything yeah. i lift everything and all that yeah. like essentially one thing I, I always i love um is whenever anyone brings up the whole like gender role stereotype to my sister one thing she says is like okay cool can you build a house and it's that that's essentially the foundation of of the the visual of masculinity when it comes to health is like you're supposed to at the very least see yourself as something like that Mm. and what happens now when a doctor confirms to you that actually no you're not and it's not an opinion here's paperwork to show you that's not you yeah and now you have to find that a piece that can fit that gap in your personality now so i feel like a lot of those things play in people's minds for me a lot of that plays in my mind and it's just like if i i feel like i've hurt myself Mm. i might be wrong if the doctor tells me I've hurt myself, he's probably right. Yeah. Something you said actually resonates with me a lot. Um, when when I was having major difficulties with my health, I went through a period of time where I was always going to the doctor because I needed some kind of prescription. I needed some kind of diagnosis. And they more often than not, despite all the blood tests, they couldn't give me a diagnosis because they didn't know what it was. <clears throat> and then you said something about you had to then take, you know, uh, your health into your own hands, basically. Say I'm the boss of my own health. Mm-hmm. And when I started doing that, I saw more of a upturn in my health than when I was relying on the doctors. And that's not to say that they don't have their place, but now I very rarely go to the doctors because I've got an understanding that if I've got a cold, which I never really have anymore, I know that there are things that I need to be having or taking to help me, mm-hmm. you know, relieve that issue. Just ties into accountability really for yourself. Exactly. And so now more than any more more than ever i take more of a preventative approach so every day i'm doing something that's going to be building my immune system rather than waiting till i get sick to then go to the doctor to then ask for some lemsip and some more medication where you're putting some more stuff into your body that eventually needs to come out somewhere so i really that that really resonates with me about the 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 taking kind of control over your health because i found that that's something that i i I think it's a responsibility that we we don't necessarily look at. Like we don't think of it as 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 an important thing to do, but it certainly one hundred percent is. And I'm always trying to remind my wife and like people around me, like before you even get to the point where you think that you're sick, what have you done to try and make sure that you're living a healthy lifestyle, like you're maintaining mm-hmm. a healthy lifestyle by the things that you're doing on a daily basis? So yeah, so I was just gonna say I, that that really resonates with me. No, I hear that. I was gonna ask you Ali, in terms of um you know, like Manny did in terms of when you were younger as opposed to your age now, how has diet or health had an effect on yourself physically? <laughs> this laugh that you're this laugh that you're laughing uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, obviously, obviously like you're probably never gonna meet my mum, but if you ever did, she'll tell you 
feeding me was probably one of the hardest things she's ever had to do. Well, mad picky. That and also just growing up, I was just I was I was a smart child, so I'll just figure out ways to not have to eat what I didn't want to eat. <laughs> like there's <laughs> if she ever hears this, this is the first time she's gonna ever gonna know. But yeah. the back of our house there's a fence and then on the other side is like horses stables. So I would like figure out how to hide food in the house. And then at the moment she's in a different room, put it in a bag, chuck it over the fence. If I didn't want to eat, I'm not eat like I'm not I'm not gonna eat it. That is very wild, but I respect the dedication on that flex of no way. I ain't eating that. That's children. Though. But yeah, facts. I'm, so, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but um, but for me, what it was like, I was I was just very picky. Um, and I had associations with with vegetables essentially. Like I got in trouble for not eating vegetables, and so now in my mind, vegetables equals trouble. I don't want them now even more. Wow. Like really? it had the, it had the opposite effect for me. So you don't have no vegetables. Now I do, okay. But at, like when I was a child, that was my attitude. Back to in it. the day, veggies were ops for real. <laughs> As in, like to the point where if I had fried rice, a lot of them were fine. Corn, like carrots were fine, but peas, I'll pick out every single pea. I'm not eating a single one. Really? Any bit of rice that's like got some pea smushed on it, I'm gonna pick it out. So, I don't want to taste pea. Oh, so like, you, that's how like you was when picky, I was young. Picky. Yeah, you were picky, picky. <laughs> yeah, like, picky, you know, picky. some you know some people I'm will be like, gonna see them, like certain type. Of yeah, like, I mean, I don't like this I don't one. Want like, more yeah, exactly. Like for me, yeah, exactly. Like, like, for me, for example, I hate um, liver. Oh my gosh, I can't. Really, my mom used to try for years. Ah, that oh nigerdo. Sorry, I'm saying it in my language, isn't it? Oh nigerdo. I'm like liver. No way. Liver, kidney. Um. Yeah, it's a certain, certain yeah. Parts. That's it. That's ops. You you can't put it on my plate. It's done. Yeah. It's done. It's but done. the whole mushy, the whole mushy rice. And yeah, that's food. mad. Yeah, very specific. Yeah, that's very specific. And it, and like the fact that you, you literally said, I will go through every single on man's doing an audit of his meal. Just come up, peas. You know, the only equivalent I have to that is raisins. In my cereal, like fruit and fiber, I used to do this mad thing at home. Oh, my mom would kill me because I was wasting it. It was actually her cereal. I'll pour the fruit and fiber. I'd pour the fruit and fiber in the bowl and I'd spend 10 minutes picking out every single raisin. Every single raisin. And then I would add my milk and there'd just be a pile of raisins to the side. I'd even be stupid enough to forget that I've left the raisins on the Oh, side. then you'll definitely get panned. Yeah, yeah word. You got you gotta chuck them over the fence in the yeah. Yeah, Give it out to the birds and now on the way to school. Just yeah, man. Man. But, my no, quick one. but yeah, so like when I was younger, I really, I really didn't like certain things. Yeah. But growing up, even up until recently, that's when I've really, really tried to, tried new things. But growing up, I slowly expanded like my my palate, and I actually noticed when my palate changed. Mm-hmm. Like there were things that I didn't like in year eight that by the beginning of year ten were great, like mushrooms on pizza. Wow, still don't, still can't do mushrooms. I didn't. <laughs> still can't. Do like my, yeah, you, you put my. M- m- I don't put it. The person that makes it puts it, and then they bring <laughs> they bring the pizza. And but, you two, you be consuming it with pride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's better than no, like no, I, no I, I, fruit I, I, and veg. I, I don't like believe that. what my fellow good men are saying right now, but <laughs> well, but, yeah. So like my my palate started to expand a little bit, yeah. and that improved my health. But a lot of the thing that improved my health a lot is playing football, and playing football a lot more. Like it got to a point where we're really taking it seriously. So you really had to watch what you were eating, make sure you were getting that like three and a half thousand calories plus, mm. depending on where you're. Like you you really had to know and what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and then we started doing the gym. And then because the way my life was, my mum put us in a lot of things. So I was doing karate after school, swimming after school, football outside school and in school. Mm. And all of that stuff, there was just no way I was going to do it without a good diet. And I was lucky 
that the places I was in, people were already guiding you in diet and stuff like that already. Yeah. But I guess that's what made it easier for me to not take it into my hands up until uni because other people were t- first as my parents. Mm. Now it's the the sporting stuff that I'm doing. And it's not really me eating healthy. It's just because I do these things yeah. that everyone else has just made my life mean I'm eating healthy. And then it was, yeah, that was, I don't know. It's never really been complicated. Apart from that, it was, yeah, it really was uni where there were a few times where I would just realize, oh, I haven't eaten. And it's seven in the afternoon. But what am I going to eat though? I'm going to go to the chicken chip shop. Chicken That's chips. something I'm curious about, yeah. What 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 didn't you like when you were younger that you now like? You know when you said about your palate changing, mm. definitely certain things. There's things that I eat now, not because I like it, but because I've got an understanding that this needs to be in my body for a particular purpose. Like this mm. is going to give me the vitamin D. So mushrooms, for instance. Mm. I will eat mushrooms, but with the most sour face on me because I'm only doing it because I know that it's probably the only source of vitamin D. Like that kind of thinking. But there's certain things that I actually genuinely do like now that I didn't like before. Actually, or maybe not like or love, but I definitely am willing to you're eat. You're a lot more tolerant. Yeah, a more, 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 lot more tolerant towards now. Weetabix is one. I hated. You Weetabix. hated Weetabix? What? My what? family loved Weetabix. I hate Weetabix slash. You think that's the worst one I'm going to say? Super malt. When I was younger. Leave this off. Leave this place immediately. <laughs> This when is done, it's done. I'm switching off the record button now. Every this party, is slander. People be like, oh, do you want some super mom? It's like a treat for my family. And I just pass it to my sister. I'll be like, yo, you could take that. Hold on, please, one. please. Malik, I, I need this camera to be on me. I just want you guys to know that in this place, we are super mom appreciators. But now... My boy, Manny, he's, he's an anomaly. But, but this, now, this, isn't, this isn't normal viewing, guys. Listen, <laughs> listen now, super mom, I'm there. That's my boy. I'm he there. came back in the end. Super mom, I'm there. Super mom, I'm there. Weetabix, mm, I tolerate it now. But there's a really? few things. Yeah, and mushrooms is one way. It's just like I eat it begrudgingly. Like I just, I don't like mushrooms. I don't like the texture. I even convinced myself I was allergic to it. I wasn't allergic to it. It's so funny. Like I, I can't think of um, anything that I didn't like. I didn't, I, I used to, I didn't, I wasn't against fish, but I didn't really like fish a lot when I was younger. But now, for example, I'm a lot more, um, if there's fish there, I'm more inclined to eat it. More seafood in general, I'm, I'm more, the older I've gotten, I've actually started to realise, oh, right, because I, I don't know why. Maybe I just had this thing in my head of fish. But meat, for whatever reason, was completely fine and acceptable, but yeah. fish was just a bit like, ugh. But now, for example, if I'm going out and I see, like, some good seafood and stuff, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, okay, do you know what? Slap it on there. Let's, 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 let's give it a go. Um, health-wise, in terms of diet and stuff, um, I'm 28 and um, in terms of how a diet and stuff, I've seen the benefits. Um, I've been fairly, I've been a fairly big guy from when I was young. Obviously, Goodman Malik can attest to that. I've been a big belly rude for <laughs> for as long as I can remember, to be honest. But um, I would definitely say in my 20s, um, I definitely... Had my bits and bobs where I'd start and stop a bit and start and stop a bit. But I'll probably say in the last maybe four years, I'd become a lot more serious in terms of things like training. I, I Admittedly, I definitely fell off within the past year and a bit. But um, prior to that, in terms of training, 
I was actually for the most part getting trained by yours, by yours truly, Goodman Malik, bro. You know, <laughs> Broly training. Broly <laughs> training. You listen, know. listen, <laughs> listen. There were definitely times when I first got into, when I first got back into proper training, right, in terms of diet and stuff. Um, Malik always used to talk about, oh, there are certain things you have to try and get into, and I was just looking at him like, what's all this one, man? I beg, let's go, let's go to Tasty and get the ayamashi and rice, you know, <laughs> and stuff and so on and so forth. But um, he definitely kind of held me accountable in terms of um, what I'm consuming. Am I drinking enough water? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? And obviously with training as well, that definitely helped. I think there was a point whereby I was about 18 and a half stone, give or take. And I dropped down to like... 15 so i went from like 112 113 to like 95 in the space of like four months which was through um you know crazy calorie deficit consistent training with a sprinkle of heartbreak so you know for that little heartbreak down <laughs> um but i definitely saw the i definitely saw the results i remember that to the point where i used to do certain um, types of training and stuff and i would see other people in the gym doing it and i'd be thinking oh no way i could never do that um, a very simple one, actually, pull-ups. For as long as I could remember, actually prior to me actually training again with Goodman Malik, um, a big part of, I was always used to be afraid because I used to see like, I'd always seen really like smaller guys doing pull-ups. And I'm thinking, oh man, I'm a bit too big for that. And da, 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 da. Mm. But I hadn't actually taken into consideration actually how much weight I'd lost, but also how much strength I'd gained. Mm. So then I just thought, oh, you know what, let me just... Give it a go and I'm doing it. And I'm like, oh, hang on. Hey, oh. That's four. Hey, it's, it's not it's 10. Hey, hey. Oh, boys, we're strong. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved having that um that active change and obviously having, you know, your close people be like, oh, right, Daps, you've lost mad weight. Like, you know, yeah. oh, go on, like, what's happening? Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, I'm just at a point where I'm just trying to be. So now I'm trying to get actively get back to that because obviously work gets in the way and life gets in the way and so on and so forth. But, um, I feel like in terms of um, the benefits of dieting and health in the right way, uber essential. Um, I've seen the benefits, I've seen the pros and cons of what your diet and the proportional effect it has on your health, for example. So even now that I got back into, um, I got back into training literally in the past two weeks. Um, Overall, I would definitely say, uh, my boy, <laughs> funny, funny, funnily enough, I did some training um, with one of my mates um, from secondary school. And he just happened to be in the in the gym that I'm at, and he got like got me doing like a you know full body workout, and this was on Friday. I can see to all the listeners that my lower back is still in bits. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm feeling it. That's like me in football, man. Yeah, like <laughs> absolutely, like um, age is catching up with me. Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely. That, that's why I feel like I'm at the point of, um, in terms of myself and my own um, health and diet journey. Um, well, beyond beyond diet, you know, obviously, you know, more for the most part, weight gain or weight loss is primarily based on your diet. Mm. So I know that I need to get back into an active calorie deficit. Mm. But you know, I'm a bit lazy, and you know, I am actually rice. But <laughs> but these are the sacrifices. <laughs> but these are the sacrifices that I know that I'm gonna have to make, and it goes back into that whole thing of again of being accountable. Like you know, we're not kids, and if if we don't take that charge, if we don't take charge and control of what we eat and how it gets into our bodies and the effects, positive or otherwise, it may have on us. When are we gonna do it? Um, 
which therefore leads me on to my next um, topic under it. Wait, before we move yes. on, yes. talking about workouts, it brings something back to my memory and it makes me feel so happy. I just realized I used to suffer from body dysmorphia. And when he was talking about the workout, that's when I realized like, oh, I haven't thought about that in a long time. As in how, how your body look. As in, so I had this thing where I couldn't see, like even, I guess kind of to now, but what's happened is I've accepted that what I see just isn't necessarily the truth and that's okay. Mm. And it doesn't need to be. As long as I can do like fitness tests to see if I'm healthy, if I'm healthy, okay, cool. I don't need to worry too much about what I'm seeing. Yeah. But for me, it was a thing of, I couldn't see weight change. So I would go into the gym and step on a scale and it would say I've gained weight, but I would look in the mirror and see no difference. Oh, so or, you are trying to gain weight. Yeah, or I would try and lose weight just to see a difference. And the scale again will say I've lost weight. And when I'm like playing football, I will feel lighter. But when I look in the mirror, I don't, like I see, it's, it was crazy. Is that what body is? It's a it's essentially yeah. a state whereby you are um, consistently of a state of unhappiness over your physical appearance. I think to a degree, I've kind of had that as well. Um, I think it's a bit more. It's it's a bit more than that. It's more. It's, I, that's, it's, I, I, well, I, yeah. I thought that was like the baseline kind. Yeah, of it's that, it. but it's like it, that being caused by what you perceive your body to be being mm. different to what your body actually is. So there are some people who when they look in the mirror, they see themselves as being more overweight or being overweight when they're not. They're not even overweight. Yeah. And then they can drive things like bulimia where people are, uh, uh, yeah, so but it's that, an yeah. Anorexic, for instance. Or you can see yourself being, you can see yourself looking anorexic, but you're, abs- you're absolutely fine and then it motivates you to overeat. And then that becomes the the I've, active part think, of the illness. I think I've had that. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had that, that to a degree. I, I used to be for a fairly, and I would say I, I feel like in certain aspects of um, body insecurity and I guess to a degree perhaps dysmorphia, I feel like I've only really come to accept myself in a lot of aspects. So even, for example, when I was in this active phase of like losing weight, for example, if I couldn't see abs, I wasn't satisfied. And I'll consistently be looking at myself like, no, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And this is a point whereby I'm slimming down, I'm probably looking the best I am. And these times, obviously, I was working, you know, because of my job, I had to wear suits and all. So I'm fitting into more slim suits and I'm actively looking good. And I'm still looking in the mirror like, oh, what's this, man? Still. And I feel like I've I've also had to come to that conclusion that, which is something that um, there's this internal battle, which I feel like I've had for kind of from when I was young, even going up into my 20s, of I never actually thought I was um, physically on point, even though there were plenty of times and plenty of different situations that would, would, would which would imply that oh yeah I definitely was but I think now I've just hit that point of I feel like I kind of hit um the switch of I don't care anymore I, I've hit I hit my undunk I think I definitely hit my I don't care switch when it I is hit what it is. yeah it is what it is what 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 yep, what, yep, what, yep, what. Yep, yep. definitely hit that um in my last few years now it is what it is yeah I, yeah I, it's funny that you guys say that because I, I never really thought about it like that um, and I think I think I had I had that to a degree. Don't know if I had the full thing, but I had that to to a degree. I've always been naturally slim, always been naturally slim. And when I got into my early twenties, you know, like during gym times, everybody's banging gyms. You want to get into the gym, so that's when I properly started getting into the gym. And in my early twenties, I was never satisfied with myself. And so, like, I could bang 
bang gym for a while, but because I'm naturally slim, I'd, I'd have more of an athletic look, but mm-hmm. I wanted to look as big as maybe some of my boys who haven't trained for weeks and then they'd go into the gym after two weeks and they were looking blonked. And I realized it was a problem when all it took was for like my wife, like my, she, my girlfriend, she was my girlfriend at the time, would say something like, oh, your legs are looking a bit skinny today. And I'd be... Set you off. Listen, that night I'd be in the gym. <laughs> Say and, so I, all, and that's all I'm thinking about for the next week. It's on my mind. It's just like, okay, so I, I am looking like I am slimmer or skinnier than I think mm. I am now. And so what you're saying is, is, is true in the fact that I've got to a point that I've just had to one accept what I am, like you know, accept my physique. It is what it is. Mm. Right? Um, but also, also to to maintain what I have. Without going into this obsessive, obsessive state, state. of cons- of Can consistently, yeah, 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 because it would consume me. You know, like <laughs> I, I'd be unrealistic with the thing. You know, I'm trying to get into the gym for, for 45, 35 minutes wherever I can just to be able to get some kind of weight. You know weight that I can lift up and some kind of like opportunity to lift weights it just became stupid it's just like bro you're killing yourself like it's not that deep mm. and so where your health is obviously that deep what I was trying to do and where I was trying to be it's just like it wasn't realistic for me and it became too obsessive to the point where it's actually affected my my normal daily life like my wife would be like can we go to a can we go to like Westfield I need to get something and in my head every response I'm giving her is based on the fact that like I need to go to the gym today when can I fit the gym in? Like, see, you know? so see, I yeah, find that, yeah, I hear it though. In the last year, is that bad? Like, we laugh about it, but that's, it. that was like my thought process. Like, it became an obsession to the point where she'd regret that she'd said anything around my weight because she's like, oh, here we go again. You're going to start, you're going to start like overthinking it now. I didn't say that you're skinny, I was just saying your legs yeah. were a bit slimmer than, and in my head, I'm like, cool, yeah, it's fine. But then, your, but then, right. but then your it's mind already. is whizzing inside, off. Inside, <laughs> yeah, I'm it's cut. already happened. Yeah, I'm cut. Deeply. So yeah, you're right. I've had to like kind of adjust my mind to that and just accept. Yeah. yeah and I, and I think as well, like a lot of people underestimate just um the effect of age. Mm. Um like for me <laughs> it hit me this year and last year. Uh, it hit me this week. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> I, I went football I yesterday, like, I feel it today. Yeah. So. I, 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 absolutely. Like I, I say this all the time. I feel like um for me, for example, I've never had the most efficient metabolism. I can have one meal and just like Buddha mode, like for example, and I'm not even, but a big part of that was, and it comes into the mentality aspect of well, as well. So we're talking about, oh, we feel this. I used to have this bad habit and which I still actively come back to this day. When I eat, for example, I eat to get stuffed. I don't necessarily eat. um, like that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like if I don't eat to the point where I'm just like, Ooh, okay. Nap time. Then, yeah. For me, so now I'm I'm actively combating that every single day because now it's just like, okay, so you know that you ate and you know that you're okay, but why do I still feel hungry? Mm. But that, you know, the, the mindset comes into it. It's interesting about how intricate the web is of your health, um, the the part that your diet plays in your health, but so many other biological factors as well as mental factors as well. So body dysmorphia, for example, is definitely a factor that potentially plays into that, which can lead to certain unhealthy eating habits, for example. Same way, for example, um, you know, certain eating habits and mentalities that perhaps you've had for a very, very long period of time and how it actually becomes ingrained within your system. I'm, I, I always say this whole thing of habits and how they become lifestyles. And the more you enable a habit over a period of time, it becomes ingrained, it becomes part of your lifestyle. So 
whether a good habit or a bad habit, once it becomes a lifestyle, once it becomes a part of your lifestyle, it's that much harder to break. So my mentality of our oh, aim to get stuff I've been dealing with my entire life. You know, mm. but that's just me. So now me actively working to um to consciously check myself and consciously combat that is just kind of like, damn. So sometimes now I'll be eating, chopping away, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm getting kind of stuff, and I'm not even checking myself. I'm like, oh crap. And then the cycle begins again. So I'm actively having to work on that. And that's something that I'm doing now in my late twenties as well as all these other things. So um, the, the the intricacies that all come into it is definitely, um, it's definitely a thing. Um, mind is key. Absolutely. Mind over matter and so on. Absolutely. Um, right, we're going to get on to the last topic, which is essentially discussing uh, the, the topic of men and going for checkups in terms of whether it be just a normal health checkup, um, perhaps sexual health testing and so on and so forth and the stigmas that essentially surround that. So, um, so I pose this question to both Manny and Ade. When was the last time you guys went for a health checkup? <laughs> a sexual health checkup? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, just no. a regular. Well, yeah. So, so, so in terms of just a general, going to go to the doctors, get a checkup. When was the last time? Gone. I'll keep it 100. So earlier in the year, like like near the beginning of, of lockdown, yeah, I had COVID. Okay. I went to... Dun, I went to dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to like, I, I had to be, yeah. Isolated so, and all so, that, yeah. Yeah, cool. But before then, yeah, going to the doctors. Like I couldn't, I can't remember the last time I went to the doctors before then, apart from being at uni. Okay. Okay, yeah. I hear that. I'm, How about you, man? I'm the same. I I wouldn't actively go for a checkup when things were okay. I only ever went to the doctors when something was wrong. So I don't even think that's, that's not even the same, is it? You're asking, when have you <clears throat> actually made a decision to just say, how's my health doing? Well, that, well, yeah, but but for the sake, for let's even say in the sense of, well, you know, something's gone wrong, because there are some people who would actively feel like there's something wrong and they still wouldn't go. Yeah, you know, they still wouldn't go. Do you know what? Don't get it twisted. You know how mad it is. You know how it is with the pride of man. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, baby, you should come in. Like, you know, but it's like, you can get checked out, baby. And they're looking at you, no, I'm all right, man. Don't worry about that. This time, your leg is probably one thread away from amputation, and you're still not going to go and see the doctor, for example. So, yeah. Do you know how mad it is? Uh, so, I've been thinking in my head, is it is it possible? <laughs> is it possible to just call up the doctor and just be like, I want to check up? This is how unknowing, like how ignorant I am of of that entire process. I'm not gonna lie. Like now <laughs> is where I feel like okay, cool. So it's a thing. Oh. Other people are talking. So it is a thing. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> 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 I've been thinking because like, I want I, the idea comes in in and out of my head. Yeah. But I've I've literally sat down and thought like, is that a thing I can actually just call up to do at this age? Am I yeah. too young? Da, 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 da. And then I just drop it and get on with the day. I'm 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 aware of it. I know it's something that you can do. I've got people around me that often say you should just go and get a checkup. Mm. Wait for the NHS to do it either. Go to a UPA or whoever it is, like a private health provider. Yeah. Go and do a checkup. Whether I've done it or not is a whole other matter. <laughs> like, but the fact that it's man, it's manifest, but, it's in the air somewhere. It's, in <laughs> I'm it's coming up. And yeah. Like, you know, like uh, Goodman Malik was talking about um, colon cancer and how it's something that. We're expected to do a test for. Is it at the age of thirty? 
at the age of 30. Yeah, I think it's optional. I think you said it's optional to start to do at 30, but mandatory at 50, I think. Something like that? Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm at a point now where there's stuff like that. When I hear stuff like that now, I think I'm taking, um, I'm being more responsible in, in at least thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. In at least thinking about it. And I think like, I had a daughter. Um, my daughter was born in July. Okay. And so like a lot Congratulations. of- Congratulations. Thank you. So, and she was born three days after my 30th birthday as well. Jeez. Yeah, so proper blessing this year. And Your so missus I, is going to be fuming when it comes to presents? Listen, listen, oh my gosh. You know, same weekend as well. Oh, so, madame, sorry in advance, yeah? <laughs> so I think for me, now that she's born, I do think about those things quite a lot. Like, you know, what am I doing to make sure that my health is at its like peak? And what am I doing in, you know, to ensure mm. that I am, you know, I'm not going to surprise everybody in 10 years time by saying I've got this when actually someone's told me that there's a certain test you could do. And then you don't do it. didn't do it. Yeah. You know, so I think for me, it's just having people around me that have advised me, but then also having quite a life-changing experience with my daughter being born has made me a bit more responsible with myself. Like, you know, there are people literally depending on you. Yeah. Now's, so not, now's not the time to be saying you don't you don't want to go to the doctors when uh, you're feeling something in your chest, you know. And so I've had, I have that mm, yeah. within me where like I will feel something and I'll be like, let me give it a couple of days because listen, work Work, I'm busy and I haven't got the time to be leaving work and I've got a call at eight o'clock and at eight o'clock I'm you know, like I give all these reasons and excuses and I've got one or two mates that tell me it's like, listen, you know, God forbid something happens to you at work, they will replace you. So if there's something wrong with you, go and get yourself checked out. What, 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 take that afternoon off or take that morning off to to go and do that. Go and do that. So again, I haven't done that yet. But uh I am I am thinking more more in that in that line. So Okay, and how about you, Ari? I'm gonna go ahead and be the mature one and say, I, it's it's definitely something. But I'm I feel I'm a, I'm a few years younger than you guys, so I think that that plays into it as well. Only two years, bro. What do you mean, only two years? <laughs> Twenty eight, you'll be there soon. Don't worry. No, no, no I'm 26. <laughs> just, just, just to provide just to provide context, Manny and Addy have been throwing each other shots since before the pod actually started. So, so there is context here. Do you know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, but look. Um, to everyone who has listened in, much appreciated. Thank you for listening to the Goldman Factory Pod. Um, and overall, please just you know think about these kind of topics. If you know that it's a case whereby you haven't um, thought about aspects you know of your health in terms of doing checkups, if you're at a point in you know a certain age, you know mid twenties, thirties, and so on and so forth, don't hesitate to get checked. There is no point. In stunting, there is no need for pride. Your health is your wealth. And at the end of the day, like Manny Ratley said, regardless of whatever job it is that you're in, at the end of the day, if you, God forbid, you die before your time, they will cry. They will say, oh, no, this was a person who was great. Let's start having interviews for another candidate. And that's the way it goes. That's the way the plantain falls into the oh, my peoples. So, um, <laughs> yes, yes, that's my own coining of the term. We don't do all this, you know, no, you know but look, <laughs> but look, it's, um, thanks so much to everyone listening in. Um, it's your boy, Goodman Daps, Goodman Manny, Goodman Ade, pleasure. And we are out. Peace out, guys. Deuces. Hey guys, thank you so much uh, for listening to the latest episode of the Goodman Factory podcast. 
Um, please do not hesitate to follow and subscribe on all platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple, uh, you know, YouTube, all of it, Instagram, follow us on the pages. Uh, do not hesitate to join the community. And uh, as a thank you for listening and obviously taking in the notes and taking in the gems that the Goodman Factory provide, we offer a 10% discount on all Goodman Factory products. Please enter the code GPOD1. Thanks a lot, guys. Deuces.